This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety this week. I am doing a read of my notes and highlighted points, essentially, of the research paper, Safety Work versus Safety of Work. Well, let's jump into the intro and then we'll get into it. Problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risplit. I didn't unmute myself. Uh, James, you're on mute. James, you're on mute. <laughs> the saying of 2020, and I just did it. Oh my God, everything's going wrong. My mic stand has gone. Ugh. There we go. Right. As per usual. It's gone a bit nuts as we start. I'm sure the start of all of my podcasts are a bit like this. They're a bit messy. They're a bit flunked. Anyway. Welcome back to Rebranded Safety. Rebranded Safety, YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin. We're to change the perception of health and safety. We do that right here on the podcast on the YouTube. So if you're new here, hit those subscribe buttons, follow buttons, whatever it is on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, whatever device you are listening to us on that looks like it does something nice and magical to those funky, crazy algorithms. Before we get into it, yes. It's happening. I'm going to talk about my sponsors. Just one for now, even though we're working on another one, a really cool one. And this one's not really a proper sponsor because I own the business. I own it in in collaboration with an amazing gentleman called Colin Nottage. Project Miletium is the curious, authentic, empathetic community that the safety profession has been waiting for. If you are a young or new safety professional looking to absolutely drive your growth and your progression in your career or maybe you're midway through your career-ish this is kind of where I put myself and you're at a bit of a crossroads you feel like you need that next step but you're struggling to get it or maybe you've moved on in your career you think I've got so much knowledge and experience I want to give back Project Millium is the mastermind type slash coaching type membership that you've been waiting for 100% from weekly community calls to monthly book clubs, philosophy calls, and a quarterly mammoth mastermind session called Wagon Wheels, taking inspiration from Rebel Ideas and Walker's Wagon Wheels in Silicon Valley. It is a place to be. We also provide you with short courses and online resources. The aim is to be the one-stop shop for your development and growth as a risk, safety, well-being type professional that you are, hopefully, you'll enjoy it. And it's facilitated by me. So if you listen to the podcast and you're, you're the kind of listener that's sitting there taking loads of notes, it's for you, peeps. So because we're still in the early stages, we're still tweaking some bits, 
early adopters discount applies. So go to www.projectmiletium.com and you can get yourself some early adopter rates. But if you're still not sure, if you're still not sure that you wanna you wanna commit yet, that's fine. Let me know or email me at James at Rebranded Safety or email me at Project Miletium, which is me at Project Miletium. Miletium is spelled M-O-L-L-I-T-I-A-M. Email me at either of those email addresses and just say, hey, I'm interested in Project Miletium. I would like to try out a weekly community call before I join. You are welcome to do that. So drop me a line. Come message me on, on LinkedIn if you want to or Twitter or Facebook. I want to try this out before I buy it. 100% you can do that. And it's awesome. I'm, I mean, honestly, we're a month in. I'm loving it. The members that we've got already, I'm loving it. It's just a, just a, oh, it's just so good. So much fun. I love it. So anyway, that's it. That's enough of the sponsors. Um, today, I'm going to go through my notes of the safety of work, uh, safety work versus safety of work paper. Um, this is published in Safety Science Journal. It is by Andrew Ray, Andrew, um, sorry, Andrew Ray and David Proven. Um, they run the Safety of Work podcast. So this is kind of their swan, swan song, not really the right thing. This is kind of what they've named their podcast on. It is, frankly, one of the best pieces I've read in safety. And I think this is one thing we have been missing for a very very long time i'm just going to go go through my notes here i'm going to keep this as raw and emergent as possible translation what does emergent mean it means i haven't put too much thought into the planning of this episode <laughs> no that's that's incorrect that would do me a misjustice i have taken a whole ream of highlights and notes and i just wanted to go through them in the rawest fashion because i don't want this to be like a paper review i i'm, I'm not really qualified to critique a paper a paper a paper so i just wanted to kind of run through the things that i've highlighted and why i've highlighted them uh, but i'll give you a bit of an overall summary this is not a massive paper which is a massive plus for me it's only well it says 127 pages because obviously it's taken out of the journal but let me just one that's a back i printed back to back so one two three four five six seven eight seven and a half pages seven and a half pages long very small you could smash this out in about 20 minutes if you're a fast reader if you're really slow like me maybe an hour actually it took me like three days because i did it bit by bit um but it is mega mega good honestly so basically let's let's run through some of the things that i have highlighted on the first page in the introduction i've highlighted this statement the practice of safety is a complex social phenomenon where actions within organizations serve both instrumental functions, brackets, achieving goals, and expressive functions, close bra- uh, brackets, relieving, relieve, re- revealing attitudes, sorry, uh, reference to Islam and Zypher. This dual purpose may be called insurance and assurance from Ray and Alexander, uh, or being safe and feeling safe, or as in the title of this paper, safety of work and safety work. Now, I'm going to say that again without all the references. I'm not going to do references through this because they've done it in the paper. If you want to read it, read it. Um, yeah, and I'm not a researcher. I'm just reading this shit. So without the references, the practice of safety is a complex social phenomenon 
were actions within the organisations serve both instrumental functions, achieving goals, and expressive functions, revealing attitudes, this dual purpose might be called insurance and assurance, or being safe and feeling safe, or, as in the title of this paper, safety of work and safety work. So the safety of work is the safety of work, and safety work is the work that we safety people do. And then the next kind of paragraph I have, um, why did I highlight that? Why did I highlight that? Let's, let's kind of go through that. Why did I highlight that? I quite liked how they, they've split up a very simple, I, I initially quite liked how they'd split it up into two different types. Like I like the, the, the middle bit, being safe and feeling safe. I quite like that. Um, but then they kind of break safety down into more different types, um, which which kind of makes the first bit that I've highlighted a moot point. Um, but, you know, it's emergent as you're reading through this, isn't it? Uh, next bit I've highlighted, again, in the introductions, uh, first page. As Honegel puts it, the efforts to prevent future accidents actually serve as a dual purpose to be safe and to feel safe, but sometimes the latter stands in the way of the former. So the latter being to feel safe stands in the way of actually being safe. And I thought, how true is that the need to feel safe as oh i realize I've, I've let my music stop apologize for that i mean there's probably some people feeling thank god he's let the music go because it's proper emo this isn't it jesus i feel like there's some moody singer with this with an overgrown fringe he's about to start singing something like i'm not gonna sing i'm so bad at singing but like this was totally my childhood my teenagehood on the bus, the X4 to Northampton with my skateboard. Yeah, I've totally got distracted there. Sorry, this is not um, James's uh, flashbacks. James's flashbacks. What a great podcast that would be. Coming soon to Spotify. Anyway, back on track. So yeah, I, I kind of like that. Like how 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 true is that? Like think about to all your all your kind of your your systems and stuff like like the over the clutter the safety clutter so to speak that that there is another paper on uh, from david as well um that that's this need to feel safe isn't it this drive for rag charts and recorded risk assessments and absolutely covering every single base this over safety so to speak is this need for businesses and and and, and, and boards to feel safe but actually stands in the way of us actually being safe. It's a false sense of safety, so to speak. It's kind of how I talk about it. Okay, moving on to some of my other points. Next bit I've highlighted, still in the introduction, but on the second page. To understand this better, we divide safety work into four aspects without suggesting that any one of these is automatically more legitimate or real than others. One, social safety affirming that safety is valued and achieved. Two, demonstrated safety, proving safety to external stakeholders. Three, administrative safety, establishing and following clear rules and requirements for safety. Physical safety, changing the work environment for safety. This safety work may contribute to, but is not the same as the safety of work. 
the safety of work relates to the likelihood and consequences of accidents arising from the way that operational work is performed. For readability, from here on, refer to this, to the safety of work as operational safety. So operational safety is actual safety, like it's the likelihood and consequence of accidents arising from the way that operational work is performed. Now, the people that write this shit are a hell of a lot more intelligent than me. So these are just my kind of interpretations of this stuff. And I might have got this way, way wrong. And that's cool if I did, but genuinely... I was really impressed by this. I really liked the way they split out social safety, demonstrated safety, administrative safety, and physical safety. And then you've got operational safety. So essentially it's five types of safety. And I kind of really, really like that. So physical safety might be something like a guard or, or something like that. PPE is physical safety. Social safety, things like values and like vision zero would be probably like social safety um demonstrate safety would be rams risk assessment method statement administrative safety is again probably like rams would kind of fall into that as well um but it kind of depends how you're using it so using your rams to demonstrate to your employer that you're doing a safe job or you might be using it to establish and follow clear rules, in which case it becomes administrative safety. So a permit permit to work might be a good example of an administrative safety. I hope David might be listening to this. I'd love it if David would be listening to my podcast. But David or Drew might be listening to this and going, he has got this way fucking wrong. This guy has not got a clue. Uh, if, if I had, then as the, saying, as the saying goes, there's no such thing as a bad student, just bad teachers. So... More for you. Actually, if I have got it that wrong, then I apologise. <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on. Next highlighted statement. Pro- probative, and I hope I've pronounced that right, but probative blindness, in quotations, safe, which is safety activities that improve confidence in safety without revealing or changing the underlying operational safety. So things that improve confidence confidence in our safety approach or systems but actually without revealing or changing the underlying operational safety so without changing the reality of work like the the safety of work so to speak and that's from a paper of ray and alexander in 2017 and it says however in this paper we suggest that it's unhelpful to consider demonstrated social and administrative safety as distractions from actual or unreal operational safety all types of safety work are important but for different reasons now i remember reading that and feeling like Oh, that's so true because i'm probably one of those people that really heavily criticize how we just kind of focus too much on on these administrative and, and demonstrated safety um and way, way too much and and actually here it just kind of puts it solid that yes we may do it too much and yes there may be an unbalance but this they're important nonetheless they have a purpose and we as safety professionals need to understand that and this may this reminds me of when i interviewed um 
Dominique, the, the head of safety for the Royal Opera House. And, and she said, in the, I'm sure she said in the podcast, but if she didn't, then she said it in a conversation with me outside of that podcast. Um, we as safety professionals have two aspects to our roles protect the business and protect the people now we heavily focus on protect the people for obvious reasons but protect the business is also what we need to do which is a very vital part of what we do which a lot of this work of safety the um, administrative demonstrative and in some cases social safety they do that they protect the business and that is a part of what we do whether we like it or not so Basically, they're saying it's unhelpful to say that one is better than the other or one distracts from the other. It's it's just about saying that or understanding and accepting that there are different types of safety, which I really liked. Okay, moving on. Section two: bureaucracy, institute, bureaucracy, institutions, and work. So in this section, I've highlighted quite a big statement. Institutional work brings the same curious respect to investigations of management work that modern safety science brings to the study of frontline work. Institutional work in four categories, conceptual work, creates, maintains or disrupts the normative ideals of the institution. It provides a collective understanding of what needs to be done and why it's important. Structural work, organized roles, rules, systems and resources. It provides certainty and predictability. Operational work is made up of concrete actions that influence the day-to-day lives of frontline workers. Relationship work is the building of interpersonal trust, alliance and collaboration. It allows individuals to cooperate in performing the other types of institutional work. Now, I'm not going to lie, most of that I was like, what the fuck? But when you kind of read it again, when you go through those different types of work, conceptual work creates and maintains or disrupts the normative ideals of the institution, provides a collective understanding of what needs to be done and why it is important. So for me, that was kind of like creates and maintains to disrupt the ideals, normative ideals of the institution, provides a collective understanding of what needs to be done. I feel like that's our, um, our mission statement, our objectives, our values, maybe. I may have got that really wrong. If I had, please let me know. Um, where was the next one? Structural work. That's easy peasy. That's um, does what it says on the tin. Roles responsibilities systems rules resources operational work is the actions that that influence the day-to-day lives of frontline workers and relationship work is the interpersonal trust alliance collaboration i just i I just really like that like the more and more i read it and and even now the first time i just read that i was like god why did i read this out because i don't know what it means but the more and more i read it the more and more the work starts to make sense because we look at safety work and we look at institutional work or, or work as different types of things and we can start to maybe address that right that contributes to that which contributes to that it's kind of creating a bit more of a systems thinking approach maybe Okay, so going to the next page, uh, this section three, performing safety work. I've I kind of highlighted the four types of safety work again. Um, so social safety, a type of conceptual work. Over, this is because it kind of aligns it to the um, 
to those types of work that was why so social there's four types of safety work social safety is a type of conceptual work aimed specifically at maintaining safety as a value and organization's belief in itself as a champion of safety two demonstrated safety is a structural work orientated towards stakeholders outside the organization showing that the organization is meeting its safety obligations Three, administrative safety is structural work orientated inwards, providing a mechanism for safety concerns to influence operational work. Four, physical safety is the work that directly transforms the work environment in the interest of safety. So when you really start to compare the two, like that's the, way through, the more and more you progress through this paper, the more and more I think fuck me this is what we've been missing like just really think about that when we're really starting to understand the different types of work and what that does and you really start to break down your uh your systems your approaches the rhetoric and the the, the platitudes and stuff at work like i don't use those words as negative like they are things that exist and they exist for a reason the values the the phrases the languages the communications the rules the procedures etc they all bring a purpose and when we look at that from a safety point of view and again i just kind of go through them as well um again social safety it's a type of conceptual work aimed specifically at maintaining safety as a value so social social safety is safety as a value it's 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 at the organization's belief in itself as a champion of safety so you can really understand why like vision zero means something to these people, whether we think that's right or not. You can understand why that the debates or the arguments around it get so passionate because people believe that in the, 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 themselves, it's part of themselves, it's a core value. It doesn't matter what your value is, it's a value none, nonetheless. So social safety is about, maybe it's what we used to kind of call culture, but like, it's that cons- yeah i don't want to repeat it again but you know it it is something that we believe in ourselves that we champion safety and that's important and i but i, I wonder if it's like where's the line that it becomes rhetoric and it and it doesn't it loses its value well i think for me that's when you don't live up to it but Again, I'm nowhere near as intelligent as people that write this stuff. Let's move on. Demonstrated value, you know, structural work orientated towards stakeholders. It's, it's, it's showing that we're meeting our safety obligations. That really makes sense, doesn't it? Like, how would we probably not criticise so much the amount of paperwork that we maybe have to do if we understand that because it's part of our safety obligations to demonstrate safety it serves a purpose and i kind of like that i like being able to say oh okay so it serves a purpose to demonstrate its safety it may not impact physical safety or may not impact operational safety but it does benefit us from demonstrating and the same you know administrative safety it's kind of demonstrated safety but inwards you know and that's providing mechanisms for safety concerns to influence operational work so this is about having those um you know pre pre-work risk assessments those um permit to work systems their systems their admin systems in place to try to influence um operational work which i just love that i love that so maybe maybe it's like safety signage is the same thing uh, physical safety 
that, that stuff's really obvious, isn't it? The next kind of highlighted thing that I've got, we also define a fifth aspect of safety, operational safety, as the absence of harm arising from operational work. Operational safety is not a type of work, it's an emergent property of work. So I should try and get, I remember reading this about 50 times, and even though I've just read it again, wrote it, wrote, read it again, I still have to get my, try and get my head around that. We also define a fifth aspect of safety, operational safety, as the absence of harm arising from operational work. Operational safety is not a type of work itself, it's an emergent property of work. So operational safety is essentially like the outcome of work. So something that happens whilst we're doing operational work, I think, I'm kind of, again, sometimes this stuff I find really difficult to get my head around. Half the time I spend Googling the words just to understand what it means. But the absence of harm arising for work. So here we can start to understand, I think, anyway, this is just kind of, I'm thinking out loud here more than anything. The presence of positives, right? And the absence of negatives, right? So it, our operational safety is the absence of harm arising from operational work, right? So we're measuring operational safety by our accidents and incidents of stats and shit like that. But then the measurements of positives is looking at physical safety, admin safety, demonstrated safety, and social safety. Maybe. Have I got that way off base? Am I, am I really fucking wrong? Let me know. I might be way wrong. But just thinking out loud here, people. Just thinking out loud. Let's move on. The different types of safety work can be hard to tell apart. In fact, people inside organizations often see all safety activity as part of supporting operational safety. They may be offended or become anxious if the amount of safety work is reduced because this is perceived as a reduction in operational safety. Breaking the causal link to operational safety by suggesting that an activity doesn't contribute to the prevention of accidents delegitimizes administrative, social, and demonstrated safety. This can be seen in language such as focusing on compliance, which is performing administrative safety, paying lip service to safety, performing social safety, or just trying to cover their backsides, performing demonstrative safety. Th that is the best bit of that highlighted statement, I think. This can be seen in language such as focusing on compliance, which is performing administrative safety, paying lip service to safety, performing social safety, or just trying to cover their asses, performing demonstrative safety. So when we start to apply these things into sections and see that they provide a certain value, we can really start to stop criticizing it and just seeing if it, 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 it provides value. So I talk about, the reason why I think I like this paper so much is because I always talk about providing value. So you can have paperwork as long as it provides value. So it could be really hard if you didn't understand these five types of safety. If you, um, sorry, it, it could be really hard to understand if it provides value if you don't understand these five types of safety because immediately you would be like, well, does it make us safe? Well, no, not really, but it does, it does tell our insurers that we're doing a good job. Yeah, but that doesn't make us safe, so get rid of it. But, but we cannot do that. And sometimes I think that's one of the problems when, I think this is what I've been missing. Like when I'm talking about people and I'm heavily criticizing, 
um, people's approach to kind of paper safety, it is because maybe I didn't have this. Um, so for me, this is the thing we've been missing 100% in addition to psychological safety. I think this, this breakdown of safety is a game changer. And I think everybody should read this paper, which is kind of why I'm doing this podcast, because if you can't afford to buy it, then um, then hopefully you will um, you'll, you'll be you'll get some something from this. So then the next few sections, they break down. And I'm conscious that I'm already half hour in and I have got so much more to cover. So I'm just going to whiz through some bit. So social safety is the creation of an internal organizational narrative that puts safety in a special position. The organization displays a collective commitment to the well-being of everyone involved in the company's organization. Unless an organization ceases business altogether, safety cannot actually be a constant top priority. Safety is is constantly in a state of tension and trade-off with other values and goals of the organization. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to go into that, but I'm concerned that we're already half an hour in. But like, I, I like the idea that, that you know, we, we need to accept that, that it can't be a constant priority. Safety is kind of this constant balance of, of trade-offs, maybe. Like, it's a consistent trade-off all the time. It's the, like, trade-offs a new way of saying it. But like, if you think back to when they talked about about risk assessment likelihood versus severity like forget that but think about that balance that we used to talk about it's that but it's not a balance for this one thing it's a balance all the time we're always balancing the risk we're constantly risk assessing all the time and and risk and this is why i like it when we look at it as a more holistic risk point of view when, when safety just isn't this standalone thing when it's a it's a more business risk approach i just said i wasn't going to break this down didn't i but i'm doing it anyway because it enables us to understand that um we've got a freaking job to do like so we need to understand that we need to get this job done okay but it's really fucking dangerous so what do we do a risk assessment which is what we're doing right now in that conversation um so so that's kind of what i liked about that i'm gonna whiz on because we'll be here all day the some the symbolic and stylized nature of social safety can be seen in safety slogans everyone goes home safe every day the accident is preventable safety is no accident branded safety programs like safety first zero harm next gear safety logos distinct from company logos specific times and places for safety safety shares safety moments safety as prescribed first agenda in meetings safety as an adjective adjective to mark objects and occasions as special like safety conversations or safety requirements to say social social safety is symbolic the ritualistic and ritualistic does not diminish the importance of social safety. Rituals are important type of work necessary for individuals to reconcile their individual individuality with a greater purpose and to think institutionally. I, I just think that's a great pa- paragraph, so I'm not going to break that down anymore. Because, um, frankly, we don't have time. And, frankly, it was really, really good. Uh, I've only highlighted one section in the... 
in section 3.3 which is the, the beginning paragraph of demonstrated safety demonstrated safety work consists of activities that assure safety to stakeholders outside the organization to flourish a business needs regulators communities and customers who believe in safety of the company's products and activities without such approval an, an organization cannot sustain business nailed it so frankly we need to demonstrate safety 100 percent. moving swiftly on administrative safety so there's a statement i have highlighted here in 3.4 of administrative safety administrative safety administrative safety is the enactment of controllable repeatable and measurable safety routines as we've demonstrated safety, administrative safety activities are a form of structural institutional work to manage day-to-day -day activities. Organizations need to translate goals and objectives into concrete plans with clear expectations of what is required of everyone within the organization. Again, I just, I just really like a load of the stuff that we're talking about here. And I think, I genuinely think this is something that should be in safety qualifications and understanding of all of this stuff. Because I think we, we breeze over it, but this paper just really breaks it down. And it's, it's just so good. I'll move, I'll move on to my next highlighted point. Again, in the same section, administrative safety. The language of administrative safety, administ it's really hard to say that, administrative safety reflects this. Definitions, standards, rules, accountabilities, systems, boundaries, and role requirements. Goals and values are translated into practices that can be performed in a standardized way that are objectively checkable. Administrative safety is measured through, in term, through internal compliance and external accreditation audits. So we're just really starting to break down what these things are. I've highlighted the last bit, uh, the last line of administrative safety section as well. It's important, it, and it is an important and open question though, whether and when administrative safety work supports or hinders operational safety. So there's a bit of a hint of that kind of paper safe, you know, approach, that full sense of safety. Like we have to be cautious that administrative safety doesn't lull us into a full sense of safety so to speak okay moving on physical safety most operational work even when it is performed with non-safety goals has a bearing on the like the likelihood of an accident there is some frontline work though that could not occur were it not for safety concern this work includes fitting and maintaining protective barriers such as machine guards placing markers and signs such as traffic cones or wet floor signs, supplying and managing per personal protective equipment such as gloves and glasses, installing, testing, monitoring safety specific alarms and conducting safety specific tests such as measuring atmospheres in confined space. Because physical safety directly changes the work task or environment, it has the potential to be more direct causal, uh, more, has, sorry, it has the potential for a more direct causal link to operational safety. All other types of safety work must first influence physical safety or operational work in order to change operational safety. It does not necessarily mean any specific physical safety activity improves operational safety. I mean, mind fucking blown just that last paragraph because physical safety directly changes the work task or environment 
it has the potential to, for a more direct causal link to operational safety. All other types of safety work must first influence physical safety or operational safety or, or operational work in order to it to change operational safety. Operational safety being the outcome, in my opinion, if I've interpreted interpreted it correctly. This does not necessarily mean that any specific physical safety activity improves operational safety. So it's kind of like you put a guard in, but that guard may not necessarily improve the outcome of safety because it might be the wrong guard, might be in the wrong place. You know, a prime example would be um, I've implemented um, some gloves and that glove may fix one risk, fix one risk, but it, ha- it created another one. Therefore, it's not really impacted operational safety. I think maybe I've got that wrong. Again, if I have, let me know. Okay, I have highlighted shitloads of stuff in operational safety, so I'm just going to do a few bits. Uh, I'll do the first bit. So, operational safety is an emergent property of work. It is sometimes described as the freedom from unacceptable risk of harm. But that definition poses serious problems for recognizing safety. Acceptable risk, in quotations, is conceptualized through social safety measured through administrative safety and declared through demonstrated safety. You just see where this shit just gets really complicated. Except when a fatal or catastrophic accident occurs, operational safety can only be measured by performing administrative safety, social safety and demonstrative safety work. Even an apparently objective measure of safety, such as number of injuries, requires administrative rules for identifying, screening, classifying, counting, and reporting. In practice, it is hard to draw a clear line between safety work and operational safety. So it's really hard to draw a clear line between those four types of safety and actual operational safety. Now... I, this I don't think this really gives crazy answers, but but it really does help us understand what we're dealing with, doesn't it? The, I'll, I'll just move on quickly. The following examples is, illustrate the distinction: preparation of safety case documents for a regulator by external consultants who have no influence over design or operations. This is safety work, specifically demonstrated safety. In pursuit of organisational need, it has no mechanism to change operational safety. Safety audits that check the presence of documents, but not the quality of their contents. This administrative safety work because the checks can be satisfied regardless of operational reality. It does not change operational safety risk assessments prepared in support of decisions that have already been made. This is social safety work because the assessments can change how people feel about decisions, but not the operational impacts of the decisions. I think that last one really hits home for me, like risk assessment prepared in support of decisions that have already been made. This is social safety because the assessments can change how people feel about the decisions, but not the operational impacts of the decision. For me, that that was huge. So unless an RA, a risk assessment, changes the methods, thoughts, conditions that, that change physical safety, then it will not create safety so it's just identifying what this is here for is it 
because we want to you know, like have social safety or is it because we want to demonstrate safety and there may not be anything wrong with either of those two but just understanding that's going to help isn't it okay i'm going to whiz through some bits how, how are we doing 40 minutes in we're not doing well on time here are we we've still got still got like three pages left okay mutual reinforcement section 4.1 which is under section 4 which is interaction between social demonstrating administrative physical and operational safety social safety intersects with intersects not sex <laughs> intersect with administrative safety when formal programs are created aimed at are created aimed at increasing the level of care for safety within an organization. Examples of this include DuPont's Felt Leadership Program, Shell's Hearts and Minds Program. Social safety intersects with demonstrative safety when, even in the absence of explicit stakeholder demands, organizations seek external recognition for their internal safety narratives. A key example is nominating for safety awards. The same document, for example, uh, oh, hang on a minute, I've I kind of highlighted that for myself and it loses a bit of context there, doesn't it? Administrative safety and performance. <clears throat> okay. I'm, I'm just going to leave that one because I've highlighted it with some scribbles and, and it doesn't really help. It loses, you need to read the whole thing and we haven't got time for that. So I apologise for that little bit there. Um, I'd cut it out, but I can't be asked. This is emergent. Let's go. Okay, moving swiftly on. On one hand, goal-based requirements explicitly require more sophisticated demonstration perform demonstration performances to the point where there is a subspecialty of safety profession dedicated to safety assurance, demonstrated safety work. This may create distance between safety demonstration and operational safety. On the other hand, the flexibility of goal-based regulation may allow organisations to choose administrative and physical safety practices that are more effective in achieving operational safety. This kind of comes to my video, I don't know if you see it, this this kind of, this this paragraph here is what kind of sparked my, my thoughts on that video um, that, that's got a very provocative title, um, and safety is doomed to fail. On maybe there is a need to have people that focus on administrative and, and, and demonstrative safety and people that focus on the more people side of things and maybe the social safety and the more people that focus on the technical side of safety, the operational work of kind of separating our profession into different types may be a good thing. I really don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Go and watch the video and comment on it and let me know what you think. Okay, moving on to section 4.5, negotiation of power. Demonstrated safety performance provides authority by proxy. A manager or safety practitioner who is the source of information on what the customer, the regulator or legislation requires can shape social safety, administrative and operational performance. Typical examples of this are safety engineer who demands that a risk assessment is performed in a particular way to comply with a standard or a manager who demands that an injury is not reported to avoid upsetting the site owner, owner or principal contractor. Social safety performance uses rituals to channel group authority into particular symbols or words, calls upon the power of those symbols or words to demand particular actions. 
we have to investigate in quotes we have to investigate the stub toe because every accident is preventable and we are committed to zero harm administrative safety provides positional sorry i got distracted then administrative safety provides positional or formal authority in heavily institutionalized organizations written procedures can acquire formal authority that transcends traditional hierarchical authority power rests in the hands of those who write the rule books hmm. i just really like i just really love this this kind of this paper like just i don't even need to break some of this stuff down like just how how powerful is that paragraph like i just love it I really love it, especially when you start to really think about your work that you've done over the, over the years in safety. Okay, moving on to section five, last couple of bits that I've highlighted, discussion. Um, this is uh, 5.1, di- why, why distinguish between safety work and safety of work? So I've, I've highlighted this statement here. The complex relationship between structural work and operational work has been extensively examined in other fields, but in safety is usually represented as a binary choice between structure, safety one, and agency, safety two. This is unhelpful as it leads onto logical, onto logical debates about whether different types of safety work count as safety instead of empirical investigation of safety work activities best su- of which safety work activities best support operational safety so basically stop fucking bickering amongst yourself and trying to simplify this into two groups because i ain't helping i just really like that statement i highlighted input should use for end of safety one safety two mini series in which i completely forgot to do and now i'm kicking myself but oh well this this episode came out a week later so i don't know that'll work <laughs> oh my god this is so emergent this podcast emergent translated to unplanned and not thought out okay last few statements distinguishing between different aspects of safety also assist in discussing the relationship between safety and assurance confusion between safety work and operational safety leads to false alarm brackets where someone holds undue concern about non-existent or insignificant risk close brackets and false assurance where there is misplaced confidence in the management of safety risk so distinguishing between different aspects of safety also assists in discussing the relationship between safety and assurance. And that's kind of what I said earlier. What this does is it helps us to understand what that piece of work is doing for us as a company. And once we work out what the intention of that is, we can then work out whether it's delivering on that intention. Prior to that, we, we were always going to struggle to do that, weren't we? Because we're always going to go, oh, okay, this doesn't make us safer, therefore it's shit. That's not how this works. Actually, this doesn't make us safer, but what it does do is it provides this assurance to our stakeholders or our insurers or something like that. Or actually what this does is it contributes to people's inner belief that we are committed to safety, our social safety. And and that's why I think this paper is so powerful is because it does that. It distinguishes between the different types of safety. They continue on to say our our model suggests that unless organisations can differentiate between 
demonstrated administrative, social, physical and operational safety, they may be performing institutional safety work without achieving operational safety. Like, does that not put it into a nutshell? Pretty much what I just said, man. Like, yes, this is just so eye-opening, this, this, um, this paper. Organisations measure operational safety through risk assessments, which are usually demonstrated, and administrative safety, compliance, which is usually physical and administrative, administrative safety, leading indicators, which are usually measurements of administrative and social safety, lagging indicators, which are operational safety interpreted through administrative safety work, or safety culture surveys, which are a measure of social safety. Like, do you, do you not, like, think that all of these bits are just really kind of opening your eyes to the work that you've done over the years? Like, it really does just help us massively understand what we're doing. Okay, so operational uh, safety is measured through risk assessments, but actually that's demonstrated an administrative safety. Okay, so when we're talking about leading and lagging into indicators, we can really start to understand right what we're measuring here. We're measuring, we're measuring demonstrated, we're measuring administrative, and leading and lagging are just two forms within here that measure administrative and social safety and operational administrative uh, safety. So you really start to really understand this stuff and when you start to break it really down and then we can really start to tweak our work i think like we can go right this is demonstrated safety and this well i'm just saying what i said earlier but i think yeah i mean i'm waffling aren't i people i really am i'm waffling because i just genuinely think this paper is just the best piece of work i have read from, from a safety point of view, I genuinely think that uh, that this should be in the hands of every safety professional before they start. You should understand these types, these five types of safety work before you do anything else. So hopefully I've kind of helped you do that through this, this podcast. And I'll just finish with the last bit that I've highlighted, which is actually the final paragraph of the conclusion of this document. Understanding that safety work is institutional work that serves purposes beyond achieving operational safety is important both for those who seek to understand why safety practice is the way it is today and for those who seek to change safety practice to create a stronger link between safety work and safety of work. I just, I just think that's so powerful. Understanding the work, understanding that safety work is institutional work that serves purposes beyond achieving operational safety is important for both those who seek to understand why practices are the way they are today and those who seek to change practice to create a stronger link between safety work and safety of work. So basically, for those of us who are trying to do what we do, we need to understand these different types of work, these different types of safety work and understand is that work of safety or is that safety work? So understanding social safety, demonstrative safety, administrative safety and physical safety and then operational safety is vital in everything we do going forward. And, and honestly, 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 this is the best piece of 
safety work I have read in a very long time. And, and, and I wanted to try and keep this as raw as possible because I remember that feeling when I finished reading this paper and I sat downstairs, it was like a Friday afternoon, I sat downstairs, I poured myself a nice glass of rum and lemonade and I was just sat there and I was just kind of in awe of this piece of work. And I, and I kind of wanted to record this episode today with that rawness, that feeling. That's why I've literally just read out my notes and that's why it's been a bit messy. Yeah, granted it has, but there's, there, there is a genuine love for this paper. You can probably hear it in my voice. Like I was dumbstruck when I read this. I was just taken aback. I felt like, I felt like everything I'd done just made sense now. And everything I go forward to do now makes sense. I can look at things and go, okay, right. This is not operational safety, but actually this is important because it's social safety. Or this is important because it's demonstrative safety. And it, for me, was just eye-opening. So honestly, if you can get this paper, then do it. Because me reading out the bits that I've highlighted probably doesn't really do it justice. But frankly, I think you should just get it, read it, highlight bits that are good for you and keep it in your bag. So I hope this has helped. Um, if it has, let me know. Don't forget to come and check us out at Project Miletium, www.projectmiletium.com. I hope to see you at one of our calls. And if you want to try it before you buy it, then let me know. And you can try one of our calls for free. Um, it's for anyone really that's joined the profession that wants to kind of help um, their development and their growth or maybe you're at a crossroads and you're struggling to find that next step or maybe you're in a position where you've got loads and loads of knowledge and experience and you want to try and give back then project Miletium is for you hopefully i'll see you at one of our calls hopefully you found this helpful you're going to download this paper um, you're going to contact the authors andrew ray and david provan and try and get it for free because you're a tight ass like me and if you're not a tight ass hopefully you'll buy it from safety science or maybe you already buy that journal anyway i don't because i'm a tight ass um, I believe they might have covered this on their podcast anyway, but if they haven't, you should definitely go check out the Safety of Work podcast. I'll link it in the description below. Uh, but otherwise, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll catch you next week. Safe. Oh, I just screwed that up, didn't I? Press the wrong button. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.